Ladies and gentlemen, here we go. It's that time of year again. It's draft season. Everybody's getting pumped up. And this is Offside's big draft show with our buddy Mark Seidel. He jumps on during the World Juniors and, of course, when the draft gets near. And you know what it is for us. We are proudly brought to you by Boxing Rock Brewing Co.'s Puck Off Lagerdale, the absolute big beer for the big game. There's no big game, so why not the big draft? Mark, how have you been, my friend? It's been a little while. Good boys. Been a while since the World Juniors, for sure. That ended quickly. And uh, yeah, it's been busy. Uh, certainly been busy, but uh, looking forward to next week for sure. Oh, definitely. And my co-host, as always, is Mr. D4, Dylan Fournier. Dylan, how's hey, the uh, day treating you, buddy? Solid. There we go. All right. So, Mark, I want to ask you right on the gate here. We do have the World Juniors coming up in August. I want to ask you an honest question. Some of these players will now be NHL property. Do you see some of them maybe not suiting up again for the World Juniors this summer because the NHL teams may want to get a look at them at camp, don't want them banged up? Or will some teams say, hey, this may be an easy tune-up for them to get ready for camp? Yeah, I think the latter is probably the way it's going to go, guys. There might be the odd one that I don't think an NHL team is really going to say to a guy, hey, we don't want you to play in this. I mean – there's always a risk of injury for sure, but I mean, that can happen anytime. Um, you know, it gives you a chance to play best on best and, and against their peers. Uh, as you say, gets them ready for camp for sure. Uh, so, you know, and it's also, you know, I, I guess Shane Wright is, is you know, right now the betting favorite to be the, the number one pick, but it's not like, uh, I don't know, it's not like a guy that you guarantee is going to play in the NHL. I mean, Shane Wright could go first overall and still go back to Kingston next year. So um, I don't see an NHL team saying no to a guy. Maybe it happens, uh, but but I'll be surprised. I think it'll be very similar to the team that you saw in December uh, out in Edmonton. No, that's great to hear because I know a lot of fans want to watch this tournament and finish it up. Um, obviously, everybody's got eyes on guys like Shane Wright, and you want to look at guys, at least on the least side of things, like Toppy Nemola, Ronnie Hervinen, who are back on the squad again. Um, I asked that question just because everybody wants to get excited. In the summertime, we know the dog days of summer are August. There's not a lot of news trickling in. You're waiting for camp. You're salivating for it. So now you got the World Juniors on deck there. I think that really gives you a nice segue going into the season. Um, for you, look at this draft here. Um, top three seems to be more flexible, more up and down than I've seen in a long while uh, with Cooley, Slavkowski, and, of course, Shane Wright. Who do you – 4C going number one. A lot of people saying Shane Wright, but I'm I'm looking today and the Bob father himself uh, has Slavkowski going number one, setting the internet on fire. I guess when you're sipping Bobby Margaritas, you can do what you want. But uh, I'm wondering for you, is Shane Wright still the betting favorite here? Well, this is the way I look at it, guys. We've got Slavkowski one on our board. Now, we've also got Cooley two on our board and Wright three. Um so what it's going to come down to for Montreal is do you want to take the safe way out? And, and you know, it's not always safe as death. Shane Wright, at worst, is going to be a second-line center in the National Hockey League. Obviously, his ceiling is a, is a first-line centerman. Um, there's very, very low, low risk of Shane Wright busting. There, I just don't see it in any way. He's so smart. He's got so many parts to his game that are great. Now, is he a game-breaker of that kind of player? No. Um, but his, his bust factor is very, very low. Slavkovsky, on the other hand, has way more upside. Um, you know, why compare him to Yarmir Yager? Uh, but there's a bust factor with him. You know, there were times this year when he played in Finland that he was very, very, very quiet. And I think that scares teams a little bit too. So if you're Montreal, do you swing for the fences and take Slavkovsky? 
do you kind of go in the middle and say, hey, maybe we go Cooley or, or trade down? I think if they're thinking Cooley, they'll trade down a bit, you know, you know at least one spot or two. <laughs> or do you go right, you know, who everybody's talked about for three years, you know who's going to play, you know what he's going to be, um, and know that you're not going to bust. I mean, if you have the first overall pick and you take Slavskovsky and he turns into a bust, that hurts your franchise for a long time. Shane Wright's never going to hurt your franchise. So if I was a betting man right now, uh, I would bet they're going to go Shane Wright. But again, you know, personally, I hope they go Slavkovsky. I'd like to see them swing for the fences. But, you know, those are the decisions that they're going to have to make. And and that's really what it comes down to. Do you want to go for the home run or do you want to hit the safe double? All right. All right. All right. Um, the question I'll ask then, if Montreal is going to move that first overall pick, um, how far do you see them moving down? Obviously, you talk about Slavkowski. Do you move to two? Do you move to three if you know that other teams have their eyes on Cooley? Um, how far would you say they'd move? Or if they're swinging for the fences and Kent Hughes really wants to expedite this rebuild a la the New York Rangers bringing in Panarin, do they do that to bring in a huge piece um, that could really jumpstart their program and add them add it to the mix and I'm looking at teams that maybe need a Shane Wright or a Slavkowski um, more than Montreal does. If you go back to Carey Price and Net, and that guy's going to be your anchor, and you have Nick Suzuki and other things, do you go and get a player who's already NHL ready with that pick? Which way would you say the Montreal Canadiens would lean more? Well, in almost any other year, <clears throat> I guess I should rephrase that. If the draft was in almost or any other city, mm. I think there'd be a very good chance of that. Uh, the draft, obviously, of course, is in Montreal. They've got the first pick. Um, you know, could they move down? Sure. I mean, you're, you're going to take a little wind out of the sails, but fans will be happy if they move down. I don't see them going anywhere further than four. Okay. Um, if they if they go to four, I would expect that Simon Nemich is the guy. They want to get a D. I think he's the best D in the draft, and personally, I don't think it's very close. Um, so, you know, they can go down as far as four. You know, Jersey's made it well-known. They're willing to move that pick. Um, you know, maybe you do a three-way where they drop to two, somebody jumps to one, and, and Jersey goes and gets a, a more ready player like you're talking about. But because it's in Montreal, just the, the, the feel of it all. Now, listen, Ken Hughes is not afraid. He is not scared of anything. And if he determines that, you know what, we have a, a building full of fans and we still think this is the best move, that's what we're doing. I, I have a ton of respect for him. He's done a great job, you know, as an agent, a real stand-up guy and, and not afraid. So I don't think he's going to be bullied into it, but at the end of the day, it's still entertainment. It's still business. And, and you know, they know that they've got the first pick. They can probably move down a couple spots, but I, I don't see it any further than that. All right. All right. Dylan, you got anything to add about the Montreal situation here? Uh, nothing about the Montreal situation, but uh, we were talking about the top three. I'm just curious uh, who uh, finishes out the top 10 for you. Well, for us, we've got uh, Simon Nemich at four. Uh, who, I, again, I think is the best defenseman in the draft, and there's a bit of a gap there. Matthew Savoy, you know, a little undersized, but I love him. I, I mean, I've loved him for yeah. years. Uh, what he did in Winnipeg was special. Joaquin Kemmel, who had good parts of his year, bad parts of his year, but very dynamic winger. Uh, Frankie Nazar is, is probably, we probably have him higher than maybe even his parents would have him. Uh, another guy that I think has got Clayton Keller written all over him, small, undersized <laughs> guy, uh, good to put up a lot of points in this league. Uh, Cutter Goche is kind of the opposite. Same program, the U.S. program, big power forward, goal scorer. Um, you know, he's one of those guys that 
again, you know what he's going to be. His ceiling, I don't know if it's as high as some of these other guys, but you know he's going to be a big, strong, power forward and score goals. Kevin Korchinski, the defenseman from Seattle, who, quite frankly, guys, two months, uh, maybe three months ago, we had him, I think, outside the first round. I think we had him at 34, 35. Uh, That's where I've seen him. I've seen him as high as 20 is where I've seen him so far. Yeah, we got him at nine. Um, The way this kid played in the playoffs, uh, it was phenomenal. I mean, it was an eye-opener. And and the more we watched in the playoffs, the more we went, man, are we wrong here? And and he just kept marching up. I mean, it's I don't want to say he's Moritz Sider, but that's the kind of path that Moritz Sider had that year. Uh, of course, Moritz Sider played in the World Junior or World Championships and really was unbelievable for Germany in that tournament. Korczynski didn't. He played in the WHL playoffs, but but this kid is is the real deal. I mean, he's offense. He's big. Uh, and lastly, we've got David Jirasek at ten. Again, we're a little lower on David Jirasek than I think a lot of people. I don't even know where Bob had him today. Quite frankly, I haven't even had time to even look at his list yet. But, um, but Jirasek is a guy, you know, I just don't think he's ever going to create a ton of offense. I think he's a big, strong, safe, stay-at-home D. Um, you know, some people think he's got some offense. I'm not – I don't think it translates to the NHL. So those are our top ten in that order. Yeah, you talk about Goche, actually. I've seen him high as high as four. Um, so you talk about players that maybe their their father or mom having them high. I've seen him pretty high there. Um, you his like dad, Nemec- his dad's a Sudbury guy. I got to be honest. In Ontario, I live in Sudbury. He's a Sudbury guy. His dad was a goalie, played pro. So I got a soft spot in my heart for Cutter. But uh, yeah, I, I four to me is is pretty high for him. But again, it takes one team, right? Oh, it definitely does. Um, so we broke down the top ten there. I want to ask you, you just talked about uh, a couple of players that were on the rise. For you, who's the guy right now that's had the biggest rise in your eyes that his stock just went up? We talked about one, but is there somebody else that maybe we're not focusing on that has really taken steps even just to get into the first round or maybe get a mention of the first round that you're like, hey, this person took those steps? Well, uh, you know, I, I mentioned uh, Frankie Nazar. or Sorry, I mentioned Korczynski. Frankie Nazar is a guy for us. Again, it's not that he really came on. I, I think all year kind of people were concerned a little bit about his size and stuff. I, I just think he's a special player. Um, you know, as, as the season went on, I mean, uh, uh, no, there's, there's not a lot of guys that kind of jumped up late. That You know, it's our top 25 for the most part has been pretty standard. You know, obviously guys have moved around and stuff. You know, maybe Jagger Furcus, uh, you know, for the average fan really uh, is a kid that came to the CHL top prospect game, wasn't really well known undersized, um, was phenomenal in that game and really was very, very good the rest of the year. Uh, so maybe he's a guy that, uh, and we'll talk about him later with one of the potential picks for the Leafs, um, but he's a guy maybe that's come up. And uh, again, it's it's hard. Fans are one way. Scouts, we've seen these guys all year. and we So it's not really like they're really climbing for us, but some, you know, some fans haven't heard of some of these guys and all of a sudden they're 17 or something and they'll be surprised by it. So Korchinski, Nazar, and probably Furkus would be the three. Well, that's the fun thing about the draft before we talk about those three guys. Um, you know, everybody now right now is a draft expert, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, they hear a name and they're like, yeah, no, that guy right there, huge. I don't pretend to be. I get people like yourself to talk to and fill me in on what I'm missing. And you were huge on talking to me into about Robertson a couple of years ago, Matthew Nyes. Uh, these guys, you said, don't worry. These are the guys that you want to see. And you told me how high you guys had them ranked. So, and you see it, especially now with Matthew Nyes. Um, is there a guy for your, for you guys right now that, and again, we talk about sliding scale, you guys see the guys all year, but is there someone whose stock really has taken a hit? Uh, you look at Lambert, who is at one point, uh, a guy that may challenge for the number one spot. Some people have them, you know, as high as 
25, 15. What's a guy like him? Is he the biggest drop in this draft or there's somebody else? Uh, yeah, I think he would be just, I don't want to get off topic, but I just, I just have a comment about what you said. You know, I, I mean, I started doing this in 1991 and I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure both you guys were not even uh, around at that point in time. Oh, 86 baby here. 86. Come on. Baby. Oh, there you I was go. here. I was here. You, were, uh, you hadn't started school yet, but anyhow, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, when I started, there were basically three of us, three different companies. Um, and you know, with the advent of Twitter and social media, I mean, now, as you say, there's a hundred thousand and. And, you know, it's, it's, I don't want to say it's a pet peeve of mine, but it is, it, it burns my ass. I mean, everybody puts out these rankings. All they do is just shift the names here, there, and this and that. And they just try, you know, I, my question always for these guys, and I'm sorry to go on a rant here, but how many of these guys have you seen live? That's the question I have for some yeah. of these people. And I got no problem with young people trying to get in the game and, and putting their name out there. I always have respect for people who put their name to things. But at the end of the day, I mean, it's, it's, you know, the guys you see in the rink and you don't see any of those guys. And, uh, so it's it's a bit of an annoying thing, and and I, people say, well, I can't believe you have so and so here because he's supposed. To, you know, everybody says he's here. I'm like, who's everybody? I mean, I talk yeah. to NHL teams, and we scout, and we got a pretty good track record. Uh, so I don't really care what you know what some guy on Twitter says. So anyhow, that's the end of that rant. Uh, guys that fell, I appreciate you listening to me on that one. Uh, <laughs> no, no, hey, listen, I 100% agree with you. That's why I just said I don't claim to be a draft expert. I don't yeah. know all these names, but that's why. I get the people on that do, and that's yourself. And that's why I like listening to what you say, and you guys do hit on things. And I make sure to go back after the draft with your ranking list and say, listen, exactly where these guys were is what they were saying, or pretty close to. So, you know, yeah, I, I trust what you're saying. Not a problem on this end of things. And uh, if anybody takes offense to that, that's on them. I mean, yeah. go to the rinks, travel around, and do the work. And, and you know what? Just my last point on this is that's why I've got such respect for Bob McKenzie. Because Bob doesn't pretend to be a scout. Bob doesn't say I'm in the ranks and I'm scouting these guys. He he comes right out and says I talk to head scouts uh, for teams, and I says where I get my rankings. And he's open about it. And he's honest about it. And his rankings by far are the best. They're, they're the most true to where guys get drafted. They're they're maybe not true to what at, you know we look back in five years because he those guys are telling him the truth. So I got all the time in the world for Bob and his rankings. As I said, I haven't seen him yet. I'll look after we get off here. But um, but yeah, that, like guys like that that don't pretend to be scouting. They, they you know they're consensus guys. That's that's perfect for me. So back to your question of guys that falling. Yeah, Brad Lambert's got to be the guy. You know, I mean, I, I like Brad Lambert to a certain extent, but you're right. I mean, a year ago, 18 months ago, he was a top five, you know, guy people talked was a top five pick. And uh, you know, he he's really fallen. We've got him at 20. Uh, let me just yeah, we got him at 20, which you know, I think is low based on his what he could become, but there's a big, big bust factor with him. And you know, he really struggled at times. I mean. You know, the World Juniors, they only played a couple games. And, and when he played in the World Juniors, he was phenomenal. And everybody said, well, Jesus, how is he not in the top 10? Because we watched the rest of the year, too. So uh, he's probably the one that, you know, I think most people. Ivan Mirashashenko, obviously a Russian kid that uh, got non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Uh, he's got yeah. treatment for it, so he didn't get to finish here. Everybody, everybody says his treatment has gone well. He's back to training. Again, he's a guy we'll talk about with a potential leaf pick, but you know, he's, he would have been a top five pick too. And I think the Russian factor with the war and, and his illness is, is scared people, but you know, people shouldn't be, I mean, this kid is the same player, the same skill set, the same upside as he had, you know, before he got sick and before the war. So that those are probably the two that, you know, I think have probably fallen the most, but uh, uh, you know, both certainly have still have high upside. 
No, definitely. Well, I'm a Mike Hogg and Mike or Mark, you know that. So uh, I'm gonna let Dylan ask a question here before I keep rambling on. Go ahead, buddy. Uh, throw one out there. Um, outside of the first round, who is somebody that uh, you look at that could impact the NHL in a couple of years and be a superstar? Um, we've got him right at the bottom of the first round. Maverick Lamaru is a defenseman in Drummondville. He's six seven. Um, you know, I think he's got more skill. I, even guys on our staff, we argue a bit about it because they they think I'm uh, I'm a little too bullish on him. Um, I think he's a big, strong kid. We've seen what some of these guys have done. You see what Nikki Haig has done in Vegas and stuff. You know, I think he's a guy that you know, we've got him at 32, which is obviously right at the bottom of the first round. But you know, I don't think he goes in the first. Um, but we may look back in a few years and say, you know, this kid fell into the second and and is a real treat. I mean, at that size, and I think he's got some skill. He's definitely got some nasty to his game, which, again, teams always like. Um, he's got a huge wingspan on him. So he's probably one of the guys that I think could, you know, probably aren't uh, a Thursday night draft pick, but we will go early on Friday. And I think has a chance to, when we look back, to say, yep, he, he, we kind of missed on him. All right, all right. Um yeah, Dylan, keep going, man. Yeah, I know you got questions over there, man. Come ask. Questions. Um, I know there are a lot of teams that have multiple picks in this first round, but uh, overall draft, who do you think is going to have the best draft? Well, that's that's a real tough question. I mean, it's uh, you know, I, I I I'll be honest with you, Dylan. I couldn't tell you of who's got what picks. I mean, I know the Leafs. I did did ten minutes of research before I come on with you guys. Yeah. To, obviously, I know what their picks are, but. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I always go with who the best scouting staffs are. You know, I mean, it's no secret why Tampa's been to three straight cups. Al Murray's one of the best in the business. Uh, you know, I think I always look for them. And again, they've they've hardly have any picks in this draft. I, I know it sounds like a homer idea, but I'm I'm a big fan of the Leafs scouting staff. You know, I think you look at what they've done with what Kyle's given them in terms of having to trade some of those picks where I think they've done a really, really good job. Uh, you know, I'm also a big fan of Ottawa, Trent Mann, his staff, uh, small staff, but you know, you look at some of the guys they've taken, you know, when they took Sanderson, everybody went nuts and said it was, it was a terrible pick and, and wait till Jake Sanderson comes in this league and see what he's become mm -hmm. and, and those guys. So, you know, I look at those teams that really have staffs that have really uh, done well. Um, but you never know. I mean, you can never tell, you know, who ends up, uh, it depends where guys pick. I mean, a lot of this, this business and fans don't get this, but a lot of this business sometimes is luck. Sometimes mm -hmm. there's a guy you want to take and you're bound and two picks ahead of you, he gets taken so you end up taking the next guy and, and the next guy turns into a star and everybody says, oh, you were so smart. Well, we wouldn't have been so smart if, <laughs> yeah. we, if somebody hadn't taken a guy two picks ahead of us. You know what I mean? So there is a certain element of luck to it. But, uh, you know, you look over the track record, Al Murray to me is, is the best in the business at it. And I think, uh, you know, I think the Leafs and certainly uh, Trent Mann are, are right there with them. Awesome. Thank you. Well, another one for me, um, I want to say this. Uh, name a player right now, Mark, that nobody is talking about that you guys are talking about and that everybody that is in the know is talking about that we should focus on. Uh, who's this guy? It's uh, a good question. Um, you know, I think if I had to pick one, I would say Hunter Height plays okay. in Barry, um, you know, was phenomenal last year at the under 18 camp out West. Everybody was, you know, blown away by how good he was out there. Um, went into Barry this year. And again, like all the OHL guys taking a year off because of COVID, uh, you know, struggled in the first half, really came on in the second. And I think he's one of those guys that when you talk, you know, I talked to so many scouts and he's one of those guys that people always kind of quietly go, Hey, what do you think of height? And you just know uh, over the years of doing this, that they're kind of hoping he falls 
But yep. when you've got 10 or 13 teams talking, saying the same thing, you're like, he's not going to fall. And I tell teams, you know, I think guys think he's going to fall. Uh, you know, do I think he's a first rounder? I, I don't think so. I won't be shocked if he gets taken there. And I think you'll see a lot of people saying, oh, it was a reach pick. But there's a lot of teams that love the kid um, that, that I hope he falls, you know, hope he falls late second, maybe even third. Uh, I just don't see it. And, and he's a guy that uh, he started out as a, you know, he was known in his minor midget years as a purely offensive guy. Um, was, like I said, phenomenal to team. The first half just didn't, didn't generate a lot, didn't do a lot. But the second half, he developed his game, became much more physical, got into the dirty areas, and he's he's one of those guys. Like I said, the teams everybody asks quietly, but they don't want to, you know, they don't want to tip their hands and say we love this guy. But they always say, hey, what, what have you heard of height? Does anybody like height? And you just again, having done this so long, he's one of those guys here. You just know he's going to go higher than people think. No, well, that's uh, I look so far on four of the five draft lists I've seen, he is in the third round on four of them, second round on one of them. Yes. So obviously, from what you're saying everybody's or all of these rankings, so to speak, are leaning towards he's going to be a later draft pick. But uh, maybe after this clip and obviously with uh, your sway, he may barge his way into that first round with teams not wanting to miss out on him. Um, and let's talk about, uh, hey, if you're a fan of any other team, you might want to tune out for the next portion. <laughs> We're going to be talking about the Maple Leafs here. Um, I want to ask, the Leafs obviously have that first round pick. It's towards the later of the round. Uh, you talked about the Russian kid maybe being able to fall into their lap. Um, would it be wise? We talked about Kyle Dubas and what he does to get his scouting staff the most capital for a draft. Would it be wise maybe to stretch that pick and make it two second rounders or a second and a third or whatever he does to fill the draft cupboards here where if a height does end up going in the third round, maybe you can juggle some things around and get some guys you really want that other teams may be talking about but may not get to until later, but it'll give you an opportunity. What do you think the smart play here is for the Maple Leafs? Well, I think it's one of those things that will happen. If that decision is made, and, and we all know Kyle's history of trading down to try to accumulate yeah. picks, that'll be made right before the pick, I think. You know, he'll okay. talk to some teams, but they'll have a list probably, I would say, of three or four guys that they really want there. And if those three or four guys are gone, um, you know, maybe it's five or six. I don't know exactly how many, but they'll have a list of guys they like. And if those guys are all gone and he has a chance to move down, he'll do it in a second. Yeah. I also don't think, and, and in his history, he hasn't done it yet, but I don't think it's unheard of for him to move up either. Um, you know, there's some guys in this draft and you know, I get asked all the time, who are the Leafs going to take? And I said, well, it's, if you tell me who the first 26 guys are, I'll tell you who the 27th <laughs> is going to be. But, um, you know, you have to look at their history. You know, they want Kyle's made it known back when he was in the Ontario Hockey League and obviously now in the National League. He thinks skill is the hardest thing to acquire. And so he's going to use that pick. I mean, size be damned. You know, they get criticized and everything like that. But that's his philosophy. And you can say what you want, but yeah, that, that franchise is in good shape. So, I mean, if a Frankie Nazar falls, for example, um, you know, undersized, but tremendously skilled. And like I said, Clayton Keller. You know, if he starts falling, you know, I could see Kyle maybe saying, you know, let's let's jump up with him. Um, you know, Jagger Fergus is a kid I just talked about who really came on the second half, real skill offensive guy. Yeah. Brad Lambert. You know, I mean, Brad Lambert, we can say what we want. And, and there's a lot of criticism of him, a potential bust, but maybe one of the best skaters in the draft um, can make plays. Again, does that sound like something Kyle likes? Absolutely. Yes. You know, um, 
on the back end, Denton Matichuk's a kid that uh, there's all kinds of, again, I talk to teams and teams are all over with this guy. Some guys, some teams love him. Uh, some guys are not so sure. They, they, they're afraid he's going to be a, a bit of a mess defensively. Uh, highly skilled, makes plays, quarterback a power play. Again, all stuff we've seen that Kyle likes and in his guys. So, you know, I think they'll have a list. I wouldn't be shocked. I have no idea. Uh, incidentally, they're probably – they might be the tightest team in terms of getting getting information out of, of anybody. I mean, Kyle learned from Lou Lamarillo. I'll tell yeah. you, Lou's always the best. He'll never hear anything about them. But but Kyle learned from them. I mean, you can't get anything out of them. I can't. I have no clue. Um, so they've done. They do a real good job of locking down who they like, and that's obviously the way to do it. But some teams are a little more open and willing to share info. Not the Leafs. So you know, I think you got to look at sort of a you know size be damned. Miramashenko is another guy. Like I said, I was going to say yeah. You know, I mean, if 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 he starts to fall, um, you know, there's been a little bit of question of his character. I don't really buy it. Uh, one of my guys over there sort of is a friend of the friend of the family kind of thing. And it just says he's kind of a quiet like he's not a bad kid. So, you know, everything mixed into it. I don't see him falling real far because teams, if you're picking at 10, 11, 13, something like that, you got a guy that could be the top. You know, I mean, I think he started the year for us at two. You know, right was one. Of them. He was two, um, based on how he'd been. So, you know, a team like that, I, I don't see him falling real far. But again, that's a guy that could fall to a certain extent. Where Kyle says, "Hey, let's jump up seven spots here to fifteen or, you know, uh, twenty or something if he's there, and and let's go get him." So, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility for Kyle to trade up this year. Um, but like I said, they'll see who's falling, who they like, and and then if they don't like who's there at twenty-seven, for sure he'll trade down. There's um there's one thing that did happen that everybody kind of got excited about was uh, Kyle Dubas did like one of Brad Lambert's tweets. Um, obviously, anytime an NHL GM or anybody connected to a team in a position of power does that, people start trying to draw the dots and you know make the pattern fit to what they want to say. I'm not saying that's where he's going to go, but maybe uh, maybe they feel with what they have on their staff that they can bring him around. Um, I wouldn't be uh, I wouldn't be Upset if they selected the Russian guy either. Uh, mm-hmm. I can't say his name. I'm not going to try. Um, I always mess those up. I butcher him so bad. So, um, But the only question I have to ask about Russian players, and not getting political here, but I just want to know, are teams having cold feet about doing it, giving the, the, the political climate there? Or is it still, hey, the best player at this spot is the best player at this spot? Well, publicly, they're going to say all the right things. Uh, but yeah. teams have to get the best players. And I'll give you one name, Logan Mayu. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. Everybody publicly said there's no chance. I didn't even think he was going to be a draft. That's how wrong I was on it. Yeah. Uh, I just thought that the public relations hit was too much. Lo and behold, what do we get? He's a first rounder. So, you know, teams can say what they want and they certainly have to you know, play the political game and, and say the right things. And, and they believe some of that stuff too. But at the end of the day, what does a 17 year old kid playing in? Uh, exactly. Know, uh, what does that have to do with the war? I mean, maybe he opposes yeah. the war. You don't know that. And, I, you know, I, conversely, they say, you know, uh, uh, Mintikov, the defenseman Saginaw, he's playing over here. He's okay. Well, he's still Russian, but you know what I mean? And, and yeah. I think he should be okay. But I, so I have a bit of a problem with really holding it against those kids. Now, if they've come out publicly and said, listen, I'm fully in favor of the war and I hope we crush Ukraine, that changes things. But listen, yeah. Logan Mayu had some of the worst accusations against them. Uh, and it didn't stop Montreal from taking him in the first round. And so at the end of the day, teams can say what they want, but scouts and, and head scouts and GMs know we've got to get good players here. No, definitely. And like you said, 
17-year-old kid, man. He's he's not impacting any of that stuff, and he's not coming out waving a flag either which way. He just wants to play hockey. So select the best player available. That's what you got to do. Another game – another game, another name connected to the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, is Ruckert, and I'm not going to say his last name because I'll butcher it again. Um, but that's one I keep seeing every pundit that can write an article linking the Leafs to – uh, just because that's where their pick falls around, and that's where a lot of these lists seem to list them. Um, do you see him being a fit for the Maple Leafs? Uh, what do you think of him? Obviously, a lot of people saying this is where the Leafs may go. Uh, that's why it led me to ask if the Leafs are just going to end up trading that for a couple of picks. Because I don't know. I, I don't. I don't get excited about the name, but maybe I'm wrong. Uh, the quick answer is no. I don't see a fit there. Partly because Rutger McGordy's biggest issue is his foot speed uh he's a big strong guy scores goals kind of tyler to foley like um you know that i guess if you want to go one step further into this uh the sioux greyhounds did draft rutger mcgordy now he's not going to show up in the sioux and we know kyle and the sioux relationship so uh maybe that would be part of it but i just don't see it i yeah they want to play fast they want to play skilled and rutger's a really good player don't get me wrong he's a big strong power forward he's going to score goals but he doesn't play fast. His foot speed is the one issue that, you know, is concern concerns me. And again, for the type of player he's going to be, he'll be fine with it. But again, all I can do is go by what Kyle's done in his, in the past. I mean, yeah. maybe they decide they want, I mean, maybe they decide they want, they want to get bigger and, and uh, stronger uh, and foot speed isn't as important, but you know, you, you've got to go on past. And, and like I said, he's looking for the most talented kid he can get at that spot. Uh, so I, I, I don't know. Again, I don't, you know, I, if there's groups saying that Rector McGordy's going there, you can bet guarantee in the next week you'll see it another hundred times because everybody else will copy it too. But I just yeah. don't see a fit. And and if I'm wrong, I'll be happy to come back on and tell you I was dead wrong. But it just doesn't fit with the type of player that they usually go after and, and want to get. So I just don't see it happen. Yeah, usually when there's names connected to the Leafs, I do a little bit of digging just to see what the players like. And that's why I said I didn't see it. I didn't feel it was, but – I wanted to get your thought on it because maybe I'm dead wrong. Like I said, I don't do this for a living. I don't know anything and I don't claim to. I just see what I see on clips and see what I read in articles. So that's Absolutely. what I read in articles. And that's what I saw in clips. So yeah. I know it's not exactly his uh, forte, uh, but what is his forte? Dylan, what do you got? You got a question over there? What's going on? Um, now, it's not nothing to do with the Leafs, but with the Memorial Cup coming to an end, were there any players that uh, stood out to you that helped their draft rankings? Um, not really. There weren't really any high, high end draft guys at the Memorial Cup, you know, mm-hmm. um, really. I mean, a guy like Logan Morrison, um, who's been phenomenal right through the playoffs. You know, again, he's, you know, he's a 19 year old kid. Um, you know, I hear, I, I mean, I, I watch some of the telecasts and I see Craig Button saying he's guaranteed to be drafted. I'm not so sure. I mean, he's played very well and, and certainly teams would like him. Um, so I think a guy like that's helped himself. There's been some guys that have played well, but uh, in terms of impacting the draft, I haven't seen a lot that really, really is going to change a ton about anything. You know, I mean, uh, Dorian Donovan, uh, Don, or Jorian Donovan is a Hamilton defenseman, but if you watch the games, you might not even know because he, he just doesn't play a lot. Sean Donovan's kid, uh, right. former NHLer, you know, yep. uh, but you know, I, he hasn't gone up or down based on Memorial Cup. So it's really a group, you know, a bunch of four old teams, quite frankly. Uh, that mm-hmm. are competing in that's generally who wins a Memorial Cup. So it's not a shock. Sometimes we get lucky and there's a lot of draft eligibles. You know, this year we just aren't. And that's why I'm not uh, out in New Brunswick right now and, and didn't go because <laughs> it just frankly wasn't worth it. So I don't see anybody really jumping up. There's some older guys that have really kind of, you know, helped themselves. And if they don't get drafted, they'll get themselves a contract. 
There you go. Got another one to bang off there, Dylan, or what? Um, nope. I think I'm good. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to ask this one to Mark. Obviously, fans love the theatrics of trades at the draft. With there being so much fluidity through the top 10, probably at least maybe even the top 20, 25, do you see a lot of trades? What's your over-under on trades? Seeming everything is now a betting site, uh, (laughs) what would you say for trades going into the draft? Are we going to get a bunch? Are we going to get a couple? Um, I think we're going to at least get five. Yeah, I think uh, I think we will too. I think if there w- there will be some trades. I think because this year is is so varied. Uh, again, there's guys I talk to uh, who've got guys in the fourth round, and other teams have them in the first round. So you've got such a wide variance of of opinions on some players that you know if you've got a guy, if, if a team has a guy at nine on their list and he's sitting there at twenty one, and you got to trade up and give up, you know, whatever your spot is in a, in a second or a third, like guys will do that. I think so. You know, it's not like there's a consensus kind of 15. The 15 are going to go in order, and you kind of know if you want to get one of those 15, you got to trade up, but they want the guy at 14 anyway, so they're not going to trade. So I do see some trades, certainly. Um, you know, and some of these guys are going to fall. I always laugh. I, you know, I talk to agents a lot, too, and, every, you know, I, according to the agents, there's 25 guys going to the top 10, and, and I'm not a real math. <laughs> I'm pretty sure only 10 can go in the top 10, but, you know, everybody thinks this guy's – and so, you know, a guy that – you know, it's like everybody thinks the top 10 pick is still sitting there at 16. You know, we talked about the Leafs, maybe Miramashenko or Nazar. You know, they would certainly be interested in that kind of stuff, I would think. And so would a bunch of other teams. So I do see a lot of trades. I don't know if we're going to see a lot of players. You know, I think those have gone kind of by the wayside. A lot of player for pick, you know. Um, you know, certainly I think the Chikrin thing is interesting with Phoenix, Arizona. See if, if Billy Armstrong does something there and moves them. Um, but they've got so many picks anyways that, you know, for them, it's going to have to be getting players back. So uh, I see trades. I just don't see a lot of players flipping sides. All right. All right. The last one I'll leave you with here. Um, obviously, Leafs fans need a little bit of hope, a little something to cling on to. So I'm going to throw some names that uh, Leaf fans love to talk about here that are in the draft coverage right now. Um, and I want to get your opinion on three guys. We'll start. And they're going to be, uh, I think, playing in the World Juniors. They're all back in it. Um, first, I'll start with Ronnie Hervinen. What do you think of him? What is his NHL chances? Is he a guy that can make any kind of impact for the Maple Leafs in the next couple of years? Uh, yes, he's going to play in a National League. He's going to be a good player for them. I don't think he's a star, um, but he's still probably a couple years away at least. I think he's got to play probably a year or two in the American League. But I definitely, I mean, I, I'm a Ronnie Hervin fan, and I think you know the other things he brings, you know, the character, the leadership, the kind of way he conducts himself is, is will fit in perfectly. And he's one of those guys that we always say in the scouting world is, isn't the puzzle, but he's a, he's a key piece of that puzzle. And he may end up filling, you know, a lesser role than I think people think maybe right now, but you need those guys to have a deep lineup. And I think he will be one of those guys. What would you uh, place a comparable for him at a comparable player? Oh, I hate comparables. I got to be honest with you. Boys. I know you do. I know you do. <laughs> I'm trying to do comparables. I got I got to we have a contract with a team to do top, top 50 guys and do comparables for them. And I'm telling you, I spend an hour doing comparables. So I honest to God, I'm terrible at it. I really <laughs> am. I, I, I'm right. not even kidding. I'll get a, we'll look at a guy in the top 15 and I know the kid cold. I can tell you everything about him. And then I NHL comparable. And I'm just like, you know, because I think of an NHL guy and I and there's nothing ever matches up. And I think, well, that guy. You know, that guy plays hard. This guy doesn't play hard. So that's not fair. So 
I don't yeah. know. I, I honest to God, I, we've been doing this a while. I am terrible at, at player comparisons, boys. I'm not going to lie to you. No worries. All right, we'll flip to the next player. Uh, Toppy Nemola, a lot of people are very high on this guy, obviously for his skill, uh, what he can bring on the back end. Uh, are Elise fans right to be excited about him, and how far away would he be from playing in the NHL if he makes it at all? Again, another player like I think is, uh, t- you know, I talked earlier about what the uh, what the Leafs have done with their uh, with their drafts. You know, like you look at where they took him. Uh, he's a third round pick, and and you know, I think this is a guy that is going to be. I think he's going to be more impactful than Ronnie Hervin, and uh, you know, as a third round pick, that's that's gold right there. I mean, he another kid. I think is going to you know, Leaf fans watching World Juniors are going to get very very excited watching those two guys. I mean, I think they did at Christmas. But yep. I think even six or eight months later, whatever it's going to be, they're going to be more excited because I think both those guys are going to be standouts there. You know, certainly we saw what Nimala did last year at the World Juniors. Um, so, you know, I think, again, I, I'm a big fan of both those guys. I, I assumed you were probably going to mention those two guys because they're the ones that fans talk about. But, you yeah. know, like I said, you know, and I'm not I'm not kissing the Toronto Maple Leafs ass. But when you get a, a third-round pick like Topi Nimala, yeah. you know, as much as, uh, you know, I've got friends in every organization, uh, you've got to tip your hat to them, and that's that's a hell of a pick, and I think he's going to be a key part. I mean, not a, you know, he's not going to be a twenty-five minute a night guy, but he's going to be a sixteen minute a night guy that's going to play and and make plays and do things for them. It's going to help them. No, that's something we need. Before I ask you about the uh, the last guy, and you probably know who that's going to be as well. What is one guy in the Leafs farm system that has been drafted that nobody really talks about that you're like? Watch out for this guy. We talked about Hervin and Nemela. Uh, obviously, we're going to move on to the guy that everybody's been talking about lately. But is there somebody in there that maybe we should be paying more attention to that we're not? Um, you know, I think and it's kind of a weird answer, but I think people have sort of forgotten about Rodion Amarov. Um, you know, this is an unbelievable player. You know, he's very he got sick. There's no doubt about it. And he's got a, he's got a battle back from that. And I think he will. Um, but he's one of those guys that you know, they took, everybody's excited for, you know, a little while, but then he kind of just disappears and then he's been sick. So now people are like, wow, maybe he's not ever going to play or his career's over. And this kid's a dynamic player. And they, you know, one of the knocks, I guess, the times on Leafs is, do they play hard enough? This kid plays hard. I mean, this kid is skilled and he plays hard. And, you know, it's funny for a top, I don't know, where'd he go? 10, I think overall, or wherever he uh, went. 15, I think that year. 15 yeah. Is, yeah. Um, but for a guy to go there and for, and for like to say, well, he's kind of an unknown prospect, but he really is. He's a guy that, you know, again, I don't do a lot of stuff, but I'm sure if you look down a top prospect for Leafs, kind of, you know, if he's on that list, he's down a list. And I, I don't think he should. You know, this is a guy that could should be a top six guy for them. Assuming his health comes back, and I think it will, um, you know, he's going to battle through it. This is a kid that I interviewed before the draft and was blown away through the translator. Well, you know, just the, the way he answered questions, the way he wanted the challenge of stuff and, your heart goes out to him, obviously being sick and stuff, yeah. but and he's got a battle for sure. But you ju- I just have a feeling this kid is gonna he'll find a way to battle through it, no problem. And and he's gonna be a top six guy for the Leafs in a few years. And people are gonna go, Oh, yeah, we forgot about Rodian and Amarov. He's uh, you know, he'll come over and me, play for the Marlies one year, light it up, and people are gonna go, Oh, yeah, we took him in the first round. That's right. You know, when everybody's talking about the Ronnie Hervinans of the world. Well, listen, everybody's gonna be the uh, the best uh, draft guy because they're gonna be like, Yeah, I know I told you Amirov is great when <laughs> yeah. he was drafted. I remember everybody saying, Who is this guy? And yeah. why did they take him? Uh, the big fish, the big fish in the pond is obviously Matthew Nice. Uh, the Leafs went to him before the playoffs and said, hey, why don't you come on down and play with us? Join the team. Come for the run. Come for the stretch drive. Get involved. He didn't, obviously. Um, do you, A, see him 
joining the Maple Leafs at the end of this season coming up? Uh, and B, what do the Leafs have in this guy? Well, yeah, I do. I think he's going to play this year. And at the end of this year, much like a Jake Sanderson did in Ottawa, he's going to play this year. And at the end of the year, he'll sign and probably join them, you know, join for you know a playoff run. Let's face it. They're going to, you know, obviously they're going to be the playoffs next year. I don't think they doubt about that, um, you know, and join them. But you're talking a power forward that's really come out of nowhere. Um, you know, very fleet, um, big, strong kid. You know, just lit the NCAA up this year. And, and you just don't do that as a freshman. I mean, anybody that watches that stuff at all, you're 24, 25 year old men out there. And when you get a young kid that comes in and dominates the way Matthew Nyes did, uh, there's a reason at the deadline where, you know, every time somebody called Kyle about a player, the first guy they mentioned was Matthew Nyes. I mean, you know, everybody talked, and I'm a huge Nick Robertson fan, as you remember. You know, yep. There was a time when everybody thought Nick Robinson was the best prospect they had, and that's who everybody wanted. You know, I certainly wasn't on those calls, and Kyle's never saying to me, obviously, but uh, Matthew Nyes, I know, is highly coveted around the league, and everybody thought, you know, maybe we can get Kyle to kind of give up on him. Um, you know, I, there was even there was a team I know that was putting out that he's never going to sign with the Leafs. He's just going to ride out his four years, a la and Adam Fox, uh, and then become a free agent. I don't think so. I've talked to the agent. Uh, this is a guy that wants to play another year you know, uh, of the NCAA, feels he owes it to the school. Uh, and is, is patient. He knows he's coming to the National Hockey League, so there's no rush to it. And uh, so I, I don't see any part of them worrying about it. I don't think Kyle's worried about it at all. He certainly flew in to meet with him. Um, from what I understand, very, very impressed with him. And the kid just said, I want to go back to school and nothing, you know, I'll, I'm happy to be a Leaf. And I think that's what will happen. But you're talking about a big power forward that's a top six guy. You know, uh, you know, you got James Van Reeves by Reams like behind you. You know, I think, you know, has a chance to be, better than James Van Reemsdyke and, and James had a pretty damn good career. So, yeah. um, you know, we'll see. I mean, again, these are all kids and this he's still, oh, yeah. but certainly from where, again, another pick that they took, you know, not a first round pick that becomes a guy that everybody wants. That's why I say you got to tip your hat to their scouting staff, but he's a guy the fans should be excited about. And, uh, you know, it sounds like the three guys you mentioned, I'm, I'm high on all of them, but Matthew Nye's by far will be the most impactful guy of those three for sure. Well, you just made both of us smile real big because we really, uh, we really need a little bit of light on Leafland right now. Obviously, going out in the first round again. So, to know there's three bright, bright prospects possibly coming. Well, four. We're talking about Amirov too. So get him in there as well. Um, Mark, I always want to thank you very much for taking the time to jump on the show. You always do. You always make time around the World Juniors. Um, obviously, we have one coming up in August. Want to get you on again before that happens. But I got to ask the question. Are you going to be in Halifax for this year's World Juniors? I will be in Halifax for this year's World Juniors. We are going to have to sit down face-to-face -face for a couple <laughs> wobbly pops and talk some hockey. It'll be an honor to meet you, my friend, down here. Well, it's, it's no honor, I'll tell you that much, but I'm looking forward <laughs> to it. You know? and, and just the last point on the Leafs, as, as you were talking, just popped in my head, I mean, you know, there's only so many spots on a roster, but when you've got those four prospects you just mentioned, those are trade capital. And Kyle obviously this year decided that they whatever they were offered from Matthew and I wasn't enough. But those are four guys that teams covet and are going to be able to use for trade capital as well. I mean, you can't you can't have 25 guys on your roster. So again, that's what happens when you draft good. You you develop these prospects, you get in the second, third round, and and turn them into real uh, you know tradable pieces at the deadline if you have to. So yeah, I think that's that's the other part that least fans should be excited about. Uh, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it, guys. I'm uh, Halifax, one of my favorite cities. Uh, I've been out there so many I just times. went, so it's 
it's a beautiful place to be. Yes, it's it, and it can be fun. He can have the odd, oh, uh, yeah. enjoyable time there, and I'm never opposed to having an enjoyable time for an evening. So, uh, <laughs> I for sure, uh, it's a date. I will uh, once I get my schedule set up out there, I will certainly let you know when I'm coming out, and and we will do that. We'll get together and have a few drinks and a few laughs and a few stories. I would love to be a part of that for sure. Mark, as always, thank you very much for dropping by. This has been Offsides Draft Special with Mark Seidel. We have him on all the time. Proudly brought to you by our friends over at Boxing Rock Brewing Co. We'll get Mark a couple of these when he comes down. (laughs) And you know what this is. It's Offside Hockey Talk, where hockey comes to talk. 